Welcome to the Words Over Ice show with your host, Ray. All right. Today we are going to talk about holistic practices, medicine, and healing with Dr. Bright out of Southern California. So let's welcome him. If you haven't done so already, be sure you're headed over to Instagram and following us there. It's at the Words Over Ice show. And as always, you can find everything we do on our website, which is wordsovericeshow.com. Shows, links, all that good stuff is on there. So let's jump into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. There's a lot of good information here. Turn my microphone up. All right. Sounds like Jay's ready to roll. So let's let's get the show going. Dr. Bright, uh, we want to welcome Dr. Bright, the holistic doctor in the field of natural medicine. So thank you for being on the show. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Going well. Awesome. Good to hear. So I am really glad you're on the show. Honestly, I'm excited to to kind of pick your brain here because a few weeks ago we had on a, a food scientist who kind of shed some light on the scientific view of things. And this is a topic I think everyone's interested in and it's important to everybody. Obviously, it's our bodies, it's our temples. So we want to make sure we get good information. So I'm glad you're here to shed some light on the other side of that and shed some light on the on the natural and holistic approach because there's so much information out there that people often get misguided and honestly just confused. I know I do, but before we get into all of it, how did you start your journey on this path? Um, it was kind of definitely a interesting journey. I had started studying towards, um, medicine and Western medicine, and I started looking into cancer and a few Uh other things. And I, I don't know, figure there, there has to be something. There's a, it can't be that hard, uh, to, to figure out why we're we not having so much success with this for so long and all this billions of dollars pouring into research. So I started looking into mm-hmm. it a lot and I've discovered a lot of holistic therapies that seem to make sense scientifically. And, uh, you'd find thousands of people that had success with it. And so I wanted to look in and see what Western medicine thought about it. And just looking at it, they wouldn't do any research or studies on it. They would just say the doctor's an idiot. Uh, don't even try it. <laughs> and that wasn't really good enough for me. Uh, I wanted to find out why they wouldn't even study some of this stuff, even though there's thousands of people mm-hmm. that were getting cured. Uh, and the more I looked into it, just the more it ended up bothering me. Uh, a lot of their education, uh, just, just the way everything was kind of getting, um, they'd have teachers that would only push certain drugs and they were all paid by the drug companies. They just weren't really getting, Mm -hmm. I felt like a well-balanced education and they're missing a huge part of health. They say that 90% of chronic disease is due to poor nutrition, yet they don't even offer a nutrition class through all of med school. The only nutrition they get is basically they'll tell them, uh, what a vitamin C deficiency looks like. Uh, and that's not really much of a nutrition education. They really don't require not even right. one nutritional class throughout, throughout schooling. Nope. Uh, no, nope. usually they don't. And most schools don't even offer it. In the nineties, they were trying to require medical schools to actually offer nutrition. And they did a review like 10 years later. And it was something like less than five, 10% of all medical schools even offered uh, a nutrition course. Uh, and that nutrition course probably wasn't very in depth. Uh, just a few units, maybe I'm just giving you some basic information on what like maybe micronutrients and certain deficiencies would look like. Uh, well, Mm -hmm. but, but for my thought process would be it's counterproductive for them to do that because it's going to kill the machine you're going to get people thinking outside of the box and not going to be pushing as many drugs and side of, you know, sidewise or yeah. sideways of it. They would go to, you know, prescribing, trying to do different dietary supplements or change your diet, like you're saying. So it makes total sense to me why they would not offer and do not push for any nutritional classes of any education on what you put into your body, either feeds or kills yeah. a disease, you know? Uh, so it is. There is it's a crazy. new uh, kind of a degree. It's called orthomolecular medicine. And some doctors can go get board certified in that. And that will actually give them really good education on certain nutrients that 
help perform a lot of drugs. Uh, for instance, like my grandfather's on calcium mm-hmm. channel blockers for uh, blood pressure. And when you really read about it, it's basically magnesium relaxes your muscle, calcium contracts your muscle. So what they're doing is blocking calcium to prevent it from contracting your muscle. So it relaxes your, your heart and your arteries. But you can give someone magnesium and it shows that it actually works better. And calcium channel blockers are known to shrink your brain within five years and actually increases your risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. So it's, it's insane. You know, just something as simple as magnesium would outperform uh, that other people are on blood thinners and they tell you not to take vitamin E. Why? Because it does the same thing. <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> right. So the whole industry, there's, there's a big conspiracy for a lot of people, right? And the, the entire industry of big pharma and what they do and what they don't do and the money behind it. I mean, we can go down a really deep rabbit hole. <laughs> You know what I mean? And and we might, (laughs) so we might just do that. But like I alluded to earlier, we had a food scientist on here earlier, uh, a few weeks back and you have someone who's, you know, quote unquote, a scientist and you should be able to believe a scientist. And I'm not saying that, that he or she is right or wrong or that your way is the right way and, and theirs is the wrong. It's just, there's just so much information out there. And you have, like I said, a scientist who people put trust in with that title telling you that GMOs are are not bad and that modified food is okay and seedless food and, and all this stuff. And, and we, we gravitate to that because that's a scientist title, right? And we, we want to believe that, but then we have someone on your end, the holistic approach is using food to, to heal and to better the body. So it's just very, very confusing as a consumer to hear all this stuff from different ends and to really, to really know what the right thing is to do. I agree. And same just like monsanto right that doesn't cause cancer until last year they lost two major Mm -hmm. court cases proving it causes cancer and then this year the epa says it doesn't cause cancer (laughs) so it's like so despite all the research and things showing it causes cancer that they confirmed in court and that they were hiding documents that proved it caused cancer uh they just say it doesn't cause cancer. Yep. Well, well, John Queenie, the, the founder of Monsanto, I mean, he got his start. He got all his money. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, from, from big pharma back in the day. From the Nazis, basically, as some of those scientists. Monsanto has been a military. It's a military uh, company yeah. in reality. That's where it started. Agent Orange is Monsanto. Yeah. You know a what lot I'm saying? of the scientists so, came from Germany uh, after World yep. War II and started, I think it was Bear or some of them that. Um, started in Monsanto. So yeah. All right. Now we're talking, you guys, you guys got to tell me more about this because I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Now bear owns Monsanto again, you know, it bought it back. So how can anything that comes from a a weapons grade company that they spray on your food be anywhere near good for you? I just, I don't get that into a cancer treatment too. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's how they found... <laughs> yeah, your yeah. chemo. Yeah, chemo. Like, what the fuck? Then you have your food scientists saying there's no difference between organic and, and regular food. Um, some say that, yeah. but you'll definitely find, find quite a few. There's a lot of studies that show uh, more nutrients, more antioxidants, more phytonutrients, uh, mm-hmm. primarily because the soil is going to be better. Uh, when they give all these pesticides, they say, well, it's not bad. It, it only affects bacteria and kills all the bacteria. Well, great, but we have more bacteria in our bodies than cells. So our whole gut is bacteria. If it's killing all the bacteria, and our microbiome means everything. I mean, it gives us our, our mood, our immune system, uh, all different kinds of things are starting in our gut. So by not getting as much nutrients, or we know now that you have to have like five times more broccoli than you did 60 years ago. Uh, to get the same amount of nutrients. So wow. it's just, I don't, I'm not even sure what some of their, their studying or what they're testing or how they're testing it. Uh, you have to be, you really have to read a lot of these studies too, to see, uh, you know, who's funding it for one. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a really good uh, book I've been reading recently. She was a editor in chief of the new England journal of medicine for 20 years, Harvard professor for 30 uh, and she basically wrote a book on the truth of uh, the drug companies and mm-hmm. how the research out there is just 
not very believable anymore. She had a famous quote basically saying it's with a heavy heart that I have to admit that more than 50% of all the research out there is not repeatable or believable. Basically, these people get big grants to discover something, um, and they're paid by a company to discover that, but no one's getting grants to rediscover or prove something, and there's no money in it. So it's really kind of sad that we see all these big headlines and research, but none of it's been proven. They did out of 53 landmark cancer studies, less than four or five of them were even repeatable. So that's less than 10, 11% of all the cancer research was even repeatable. So it's really ironic when they call it uh, evidence-based medicine, when it's not really that evidence-based. They also did a study on cardiologists and they followed multiple cardiologists and they said over 2,400 recommendations, less than 11% were actually science-based. Wow. So, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, they they expect everything alternative medicine does to be extremely science-based and backed, but they don't really have the same standards for themselves. Right. And you know something that's wild to me and just bizarre and blew my mind when I read this the other day is we all know the drug Viagra, right? The erectile dysfunction drug. Um, It wasn't meant for that purpose when it was originally made. So we all know commercials when you you see these commercials and they've got these 30 seconds at the end of side effects and, you know, beware of this and that and exactly all that, all that bad stuff that you see in every commercial. So it was originally meant as to, to help with cardiovascular problems. But one of the side effects was that it would, guys would get erections, right? And out of nowhere, they said, Hey, we've got this drug that one of the side effects is these guys are getting raging fucking boners and we can sell this, but there's no, there's no disease, quote unquote disease for this. So they hired a marketing company and said, we need to market this drug for, you know, for, for guys to get erections whenever they want. So the marketing company went out did their research and I don't know what they did exactly, but came back and, and with the term erectile dysfunction. So essentially a marketing company, not a doctor, not professionals, a marketing company created the disease erectile dysfunction to sell drugs. Right. And we deal with a lot of psychological drugs too. Uh, it's hard to prove a disease mentally, uh, like ADD. They have, you know, checklists or something they go over. Even the guy that, coined the term ADD said it wasn't a disease is more of a um, observation and we see like mm-hmm. one in three boys or something right now is taking medication for ADD and at that point it's like I don't even know if it's a disease or just times are changing you know you see a movie action movie now has so much more action than it did yeah. like 20 30 years ago you know to try to keep that attention everything's moving so much faster we have a screen in our face all the time uh it's just our attention is changing yeah so i don't think that's necessarily a, a disease that we need to medicate for um we see a lot of it changes by diet uh and certain other changes too that really help affect the attention span of these kids ray and i had spoken on that as well before in the educational system is where most of the diagnoses come from of like ADD and ADHD. Whereas, like you said, the attention span is not kept because the world we live in now, there are screens in their faces all the time. And in the classroom, the attention span is not there because the teachers aren't up to par to keep them interested. So rather than change the structure, like you said, or parents sending their kids to school with the proper lunch to kid, you know, give them what they need to keep, you know, focused. Cause if you don't eat right, then you start to lose focus. You get tired, you get, you know, this, that, and the other, and you start looking everywhere rather than people changing the environment. They just throw a pill at these kids. And this is like at at an all time high now, you know? Yeah. There's a Dr. Richard band. I said, we don't need to give these kids speed to calm down. We need to give these teachers speed to keep up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I agree. I agree with that. Well said. Absolutely. So if we're going to, let's use ADHD since we're talking about it as an example. If I were a patient walking into your office, right? I just want to know the difference. So 
and I come to you and I say, you know, I'm having problems concentrating or focusing or whatnot. What's the difference between when I go to you and when I go to a regular doctor? Because I know when I go to a regular doctor, they're going to ask me, you know, does, does your mind drift when you read or what have you? And they're going to, they're going to probably give me a prescription and send me on my way. So what is the difference to you or what is your system when you quote unquote, you know, diagnose someone as opposed to what we're used yeah, to? And the other problem of the diagnosis is there's a lot of people that are take on those symptoms as well. Even if they didn't have it before you give them that diagnosis, they start feeling mm-hmm. that diagnosis basically and taking a lot of that on. Uh, that's one thing I kind of liked about the Chinese medicine, the acupuncture. It's a very kind of philosophical diagnosis and the people would really know what that is to take on those symptoms. So like Chinese medicine, maybe you have, uh, it could be like wind affecting the mind or, uh, excess liver affecting the spleen. And people wouldn't really understand that to take on the certain symptoms. Uh, cause there's always the nocebo, nocebo effect, uh, which is just the opposite of the placebo mm-hmm. effect, having the negative side effects. Um, but typically for ADD, I would clean up their diet. A lot of them are just on junk food, uh, mm-hmm. doing things outside and sports rather than just video games inside. They need to get some of that, uh, energy out and all these kids, they're just stuck inside sitting down playing games all day. Like when I was growing up, I was outside every day. You know where your friends are by depending on where all the bikes are outside. Um, And I grew up in Newport, so I'd go down to the beach every day. It was like, if I could. Um, So just being active all the time, you know, getting that energy out, they just get all the stored energy. They want them to sit inside in class all day, pay attention. Uh, and they're cutting down recess and PE and all these things right. that help them release their energy. We have something in our brain that is called BDNF, which is uh, a neurotropic factor that allows us to have better memory and learn. And so we're seeing some of these schools, they'll put a heart monitor on kids and they have them exercise to get a heart rate to a certain point, And they're finding that their academics do way better. Uh, just by getting they're more focused and their memories better, uh, all kinds of benefits. Right. There's never been a problem with exercise uh, with with the body. It's always been a good thing, like with the endorphins and then releasing serotonin when you're feeling good because you're running around like a maniac as a little kid. You know, like right. you're on a natural high. You know, yeah. so. And then they can, when they sit down, they don't feel like they're cooped. You know, like yeah. that. I, I find that with my daughter is like she has to she has to run around, you know, um, in order to be able to really take things like, and she's a good, great student, but she, you know, take things even more serious. I tell her, go run around. Shit. Yeah. Like do it, <laughs> you know, take the, take the dog and just go run in a circle. I don't care. Yeah. You know, just don't sit in the house all day. That I think that that's the biggest change is this tech boom that we have with all these iPads and phones and tablets and, you know, there's always something on TV. Like I'm old enough to remember at like 11 o'clock TV, like literally shutting the fuck off. Like it's just like <laughs> one screen, like, a, like it was, it was still color, but it was this little Indian head dude. Like the T it was, it was done, yeah. bro. You know? So like you had to like figure out something else to do at night, you yeah. know? So yeah, I think that that's a huge factor in these, these kids nowadays with all these diagnoses and like there's kids on more pills than like grown people. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. And you know, the thing with their gut, it produces 85% of all the serotonin and dopamine, all the feel good chemicals. So if our gut health is off, we're not going to have those. We're going to have depression, anxiety, um, yep. all these things just from not having good gut health. health. And then that goes back to diet. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, it took me, through my mother's uh, condition to find out literally watching it and being the person that was take, like would not allow her to have the doctor give her any pills or any medication. Like she never took medication her whole life. So she's not going to start now. And we changed my sister and I changed her diet and gave her, you know, natural supplements and, and gave her the supplements through fruits and vegetables and cut back and she stopped eating red meat. And I saw the difference in her. It was a little too little too late, but it worked, you know, like I can, I can sit here and say this with like full of testimony of seeing the change. Uh, it, it just, it's a very hard regimen for people to change. You know, you have to change your whole lifestyle. 
and a lot of people don't want to do that. So, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be booming soon um, over your typical practitioner. Uh, Cause a lot of people I'm starting to see don't want to be on medication. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to be, you know, those like, you know, remember when you see the old people with like the fucking Monday through Saturday or Sunday, yeah, the, like the pill, the pill, pill tablet, tablet thing, yeah. dude, that thing that scares the hell out of I me, know. bro. Like that is like one of the scariest they come things. in with 10 different things and don't even know what half of them do. They go to multiple doctors and they're contradicting and each other. Some of them are taking two different statins. Uh, I mean, that's crazy. Oh. For the, for the audience, what's that? So the statins are, they lower cholesterol kind of artificially. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the whole cholesterol myth was pretty much busted about 15 years ago, 20 years ago. We've known that cholesterol is in a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. It's like blaming the firefighter for the fire. It's uh, an anti-inflammatory, and it helps kind of heal and uh, the arteries and capillaries. It makes hormones for us. It insulates our nerves. Uh, cholesterol is very important. What happened is there's this guy in the 70s, Ansel Keys, and he had a theory about cholesterol, and he had already, you know, known certain regions that followed his theory. So he cherry-picked seven countries that would support his view on cholesterol, and we've just stuck to that (laughs) and ended up being 21 countries that had higher cholesterol and way less issues. France, for one, they have higher cholesterol, way less cardiovascular disease. Um, That's when they demonize fat and everything, too. Uh, Now we know fat's good for us. We we have a daily value of how much we need fat and protein, Um, not so much carbs, but we're basically all on carbs. (laughs) Would you say, though, that uh, Keyes had a platform to put out his, uh, I guess you could say, campaign? Yeah, absolutely. That's what it always comes down to is whoever has the platform. Sponsored basically by the sugar companies and the vegetable oil companies. (laughs) And to blame someone else. You know, it's not not all the sugar and vegetable oil you guys switch to. It's all this fat and cholesterol that we've been living on for a million years. And then we get on the topic of vegetable oil. That's a fucking joke because yeah. there's no such thing. You know, I, I, we don't even want to get into that. Um, <laughs> it's very deceiving, right? Why not? Like, it sounds it. like it should be healthy. Yeah. It's probably one of the worst oils. Well, that's most things on the market now. I mean, honey, for example, it's yeah. what, well, 70% of it's not even real honey. So you got to watch If your honey buying. doesn't cost $17, yeah. like at least $9, <laughs> it's not yeah. honey, okay? Most of it's uh, not honey. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a uh, and then the vegetable oil, that's just like corn oil. That's yeah. really all it is. It's just relabeled corn oil. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, the turnaround rate of the people that you see, you're seeing positive results with the directions that you're going with, with your patients, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, currently working on, uh, program to reverse diabetes. It's going to be like an online coaching so I can kind of reach more people in the country and it'll come with like all the supplements and the plan, everything they need to reverse their diabetes. So I've been working on that I, the last few weeks. I appreciate you for uh, that, man. My father passed to that. Yeah. It's about a third of the country is pre-diabetic. It's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. When you drink soda and you eat these chips and you, all you're doing is fast food and you know, it's, they make it all too easy to get diabetes, yeah. you know? Um, and, and well, let's, let's back up for one sec, Jay, just give me some clarification for myself. And I know others are thinking this as well, because again, depending on what documentary or what article you yeah. read, yeah, right. you don't know what you're getting. What is the cause of diabetes? What is diabetes? Cause some people are saying meat, it, some people are saying uh, sugar. There's type one, type two. And then I think it's underlying within your health, but he has a better he, obviously he knows more than I do. I just, yeah, know. it's, there are, there's always a controversy and there's multiple ways that I'm sure you could reverse diabetes. Um, I have heard the meat thing a lot and they say that about cancer as well, but that's too generalized in a way. Uh, it's, right. I mean, I could say 
eating vegetables causes tumors and just eat a bunch of GMO corn and soy. Right. Uh, and that'd probably be right, but it wouldn't be fair to generalize that over all vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but when they typically talk about meat, like we see on what the health there's some of these, again, they generalize way too much. Uh, they're talking about processed meat mm-hmm. and, but yeah. when you have like a keto, a healthy ketogenic diet, it actually is probably the best diet for cancer. It showed to reverse cancer. It starves cancer cells. Uh, same with diabetes. It prevents blood sugar spikes. So when you're having fat or living on ketones, it's more neutral throughout the day uh, as opposed to eating, say, like a vegan diet where you have to eat more frequently because the carbs burn quicker, you're getting a lot more sugar spikes through the day. Uh, and so that everyone's on the same page, I know keto is a high fat diet, but what is it exactly? Yeah, it's a higher fat, low carb diet. Uh, that'll typically, I, I typically start with something called uh, autoimmune paleo diet. And it's basically a paleo mm-hmm. diet um, kind of mixed with an elimination diet and eliminates all the main triggers okay. for people. So this is especially good for a lot of chronic issues, any autoimmune or thyroid uh, issues, diabetes. It's going to eliminate all the triggers which are causing gut inflammation or like a leaky gut. What that happens is you get like a gut permeability where the little gaps in your gut open more and allow larger proteins through Mm -hmm. like gluten. And maybe you were getting a systemic reaction and you don't, it's hard to notice almost unless you eliminate it for 30 days. It takes about 21 days to leave your system completely. And then when you have it again, you'll start noticing more severe symptoms. But people are like, well, maybe it's just because I avoided it for so long. I'm more reactive now. Um, but it's just the low-grade inflammation over so long that you weren't noticing. So gluten, for one, we see leading to some of the Hashimoto's and uh, thyroid issues. Uh, I approach all that through like a functional medicine standpoint. So functional medicine's very okay. similar to allopathic medicine. We use a lot of lab testing, uh, but they're more current in lab tests that a lot of doctors probably won't be aware of yet. Uh, we see it takes doctors on average about 18 years to start implementing some landmark studies or, or big discoveries. Um, hence why it's 18 years mm-hmm, on average. Wow. So some of these older doctors probably aren't looking at the research all that often. And so some of them, it could be 20 plus years. Yeah. That's the thing with doctors and, you know, the older ones, mm-hmm. a lot of people won't go. I, I talk to a lot of They're people who stuck. don't go like if my doctor's over 50, I'm not going because they went to school in the eighties yeah. or, or whatever it is. And, you know, I don't know how, how well they're, they're keeping up with times and things are crazy different yeah. than, you know, 40 oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things they told us that were bad then that are good now <laughs> right. and vice versa. For God's sake, we had TV dinners with yeah. foil on it. You had to put them in the damn, damn oven. Yeah. Right? And the other what? thing, when you see these <laughs> microwavable safe, uh, doesn't mean it's yeah. microwavable okay. safe. It just means that it won't physically melt in the microwave, but it's still leaching in toxins right. and stuff into your food. You know, I, I don't, I don't have a microwave. My wife, we haven't had a microwave for like five, six years now. That's awesome. Don't, don't even use them. Cause they just, I just, if you can microwave water and put it in your plant and your plant dies. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too keen on that. I'm good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just have a little toaster oven and I like that. Thing. Yep. Yep. It's up quick. That's the jam, dude. <laughs> it's the, see, see. Okay. Um, quick, quick question about gluten. Um, would you, would you say that it's kind of coincidental that this gluten allergy has spiked, uh, in kind of uh, reference to wheat and whatever, you know, other gluten uh, materials just, uh, being GMO now? Uh, that's definitely part of it. The other part is none of these grains are old. They're all within the last 80 years that we've created some of these grains. None of these are like ancient grains. So they have more gluten protein in them per gram than they Uh, used to. So more concentrated. Yeah. So that's part of it. Another part is the 
people could be reacting to the pesticides and the GMOs. Uh, another one is they can get mycotoxins. So all these factories sitting there, they get mold spores in them and yep. people are reacting also to the mold spores. Certain right. things like quinoa uh, is made in the same factories as gluten. So sometimes mm-hmm. there's cross-contamination even with some of those grains. So if you okay. are uh, kind of, if you have any symptoms from that, then it's going to take certain enzymes, uh, even if you're not planning on eating it, but it'll help prevent any of the cross-contamination and help you digest it right. better. Thank God I don't have any allergies to yeah, any right. of that, you know, but I, I see it like so I crazy. on pizza. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I can't even have pizza. You know what? I'm just going to go on a yeah. water diet. Fuck it. <laughs> Another big one I like is the intermittent fasting. I've been doing that a lot lately and reading about a lot of the benefits. Yes. Uh, and it's, I mean, for me, it's more natural. I was never really that hungry in the morning. Uh, so it mm-hmm. just works out better for me. Uh, usually one day a week, I'll do like a 24-hour fast, usually on Friday. Um, but basically... Mm-hmm. Your body's either going to use its energy to heal or to digest. And so if you're not digesting, which takes a lot of energy for your body, it's going to use that energy to heal your body. Mm -hmm. So especially anyone that has something chronic like diabetes for one or cancer, uh, intermittent fasting and fasting in general is huge to help heal their body and let their body reset. What's the correct way to to do intermittent fasting like how what what time frame and a lot of people like well, you said do it overnight maybe start start early in the evening and then yeah carry it, it just the depends morning. kind of what works for you some people will actually do eat in the morning and then like a lunch and not do dinner okay uh i do more of like a lunch and a later dinner so mm-hmm. i don't normally eat till one or two yeah that's so, the same here and you talking about your first meal for the day right yeah yeah, I haven't eaten breakfast. I can't even tell you the last time. Yeah, you know what's I funny don't. about that? I've I've tried that a few times, and the first couple times you're, and if you're used to eating in the morning, you know you wake up and you're hungry. Yeah, and I go work out, but funny, the funniest thing after about an hour, an hour and a half, you really you can go hours and hours without eating again. It kind of just yeah, like if you miss away. that window, it's like oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was like, all right, uh, just, just keep keep it moving, mm-hmm. and that's also a really good way to help change your metabolism uh you see certain people that get stuck in you know weight loss they can't lose weight certain sometimes the intermittent fasting just eating fewer times but you can Mm -hmm. stuff yourself during those two meals uh and you know be satiated for the whole day yeah i had a i I used to work at a an event company there's this dj really overweight and he'd always complain. He's like, I have no idea why I'm overweight. I don't, you know, I only eat like once or twice a day, but he'd always eat at like three in the morning yeah. and he's eating just a shitload of fast food mm-hmm. right after right. a gig or something, just eating right. a bunch and, or it's, and it's a, like a really heavy lunch. Yeah. So and people I mean, think because if you don't eat as much, you're going to lose weight. Naturally, I think we would cycle between like a pescatarian, paleo and keto. So mm-hmm. We'd mainly eat paleo through most of the year, and then wintertime, we'd go more keto because you can't, a lot of things weren't growing in the winter in the snow. So we'd normally stock up on meat, and that's what you hear normally bulk up for winter. And then when you need to get ketosis, your body shreds all the fat and burns it off. And we do that all winter, and then we're pretty lean by uh, spring. And then once everything starts springing up again, we start eating more more veggies, less meat, kind of getting more to that pescatarian and then ramping up more to the paleo through the summer and fall. So what is your take on the pescatarian diet in regards to fish not really being sustainable? Because you hear a lot of the way the environment's going and there's going to be a lot of farm fish and the the fish industry itself is not sustainable. Well, well, that and also that and also the industry too, that you're seeing a lot of uh, farm Mm -hmm. bread popping up with parasites and things within the meat. Yeah. You know, and uh, obviously you can freeze it and all that, but it's like, why take the chance? And yeah, know. the farm salmon and all that's definitely going to be a big issue, uh, especially if it gets into the wild and then they're going to start dominating the wild salmon. They're bigger, uh, more aggressive. Uh, so it's, yeah, you just have to pick your meat 
in stuff wisely, whether it's fish or beef or anything. You just have to get good quality. It's if you get beef, it needs to be you know grass fed, grass finished. Uh, but you definitely pay more for all these things, uh, free range chicken. <clears throat> so you can definitely get you know certain bad meat that's going to cause issues. The most carcinogenic part about the meat is when you burn it. So if you burn the meat, that'd be considered a carcinogen. Uh, right. That yeah. char, right. Uh, I mean, if you get right. like a good quality beef, like Wagyu or Kobe, a lot of times they'll do like a, they call it like a French blue or black blue, or they just barely sear it, the top and bottom, kill the bacteria. And the majority of all the nutrients is left inside. Okay. Uh, you know, but fish, same thing. It just depends what kind of fish. There's definitely certain fish that are, be, could be more toxic or have more metals. Now we have Fukushima and yeah. the Pacific with all the radiation. So you I see don't that? Know. That's still going on. It's still leaking. It's, yeah. it's just, and nobody wants to talk about it, you know, but it's like reaching. Yeah. Uh, it's like past the Laurentian Trench now. It's like coming it's, towards you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's been about like almost 10 years now, I think. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. I had just left there and flew off the coast of Sendai. I have a picture of it right where it happened. Dang. It was, it was crazy. Like we had literally just left and like not even seven months later. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know how that's going to affect us. Uh, I mean, it's going to affect the Japanese first. So yeah, we'll see how it already is. Yeah. Cancer increases and all that third arms and all that crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we see that in the whales and dolphins. There's like two headed dolphins and whales, right? Oh man. Lots of really weird stuff. And I love the ocean. They live right here in the Pacific. So right. It's, it's really tough. I mean, especially in the summer, I want to be in the water all the time, but also have to be concerned about, you know, the radiation and all that. Take like a, take iodine to help. Uh, iodine attaches on certain sites that radiation would and block some of the radiation. Well, that's so that's one thing you can do. For the, for the, the average listener listening to you right now, looking to trim up and get rid of some inflammation. If they have aches and pains here and there, uh, you know, belly fat that they can't seem to get rid of what, what direction would you, you know, I'm not trying to get a free consultation for people out there, but I'm just saying like something for them to like, start to look into if they're ever thinking about going to a holistic doctor. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that could be, I mean, if you've been doing something for a while and trying to lose weight and just not losing it, uh, a lot of that leads back to toxicity. So okay. we start accumulating uh, phytates, which are basically like plastics in our body. And that comes from everywhere, basically in our food and things that we eat or put on our skin. Uh, we absorb all this stuff in our body. And I think that's like 50,000 times more uh, phytates than any other toxin in your body. Uh, so that, wow. that also prevents you from losing weight. So if you have a lot of abundance of toxins in there, you might not be losing the weight because your body protects yourselves from these toxins by encapsulating in fat. And so when you start to lose fat, and then if you notice your body starts gaining it back again, it could be you have so many toxins in your body. And as you lose fat, it, it releases it into your body. So you need to mm -hmm. do almost do a detox while you're losing the weight to get it out of your system or else it stays okay. in there and your body will protect yourself and make more fat and what's your thoughts around detox because again there's a bunch of information out there and you don't mix things yeah, yeah it's mixed signals so does your body do it on yeah, its own detox, right? or, your body does right exactly uh, so does your body just do it on its and own it, it does naturally detox but we've never had this amount of chemicals exposed in the human body before um, not even 50 years ago so our body has not adapted to that yet and i've always found it interesting that they say well detoxing doesn't work but when you do like a heavy metal test and if you do a challenge test, which basically means you take something that's going to pull metals out of your system, it shows significantly higher metals on the test. And I say, well, it's not fair to the challenge test, but yeah, you just said detoxing your body doesn't do anything. So does it not do anything or does it do something? 
Yeah. yeah. So it's you're complaining because it's pulling many metals out, making the test look higher. But while you're saying that, you're also saying it doesn't work. So you're proving that it works by showing the test that it's pulling more metals and toxins out of your body. Right. So I, I do believe we do have a lot of toxins in our body more than we've had before. And uh, it is good to do certain detoxes once in a while. Uh, antioxidants is another big thing uh, that a lot of people could use. You just get that from fruit, right? Yeah, yeah you get that vegetables. From, um, like cilantro is a great metal. It's a great uh, yeah. metal producer. It pulls metals out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it pulls really it out of your well. gut. So I'll use something like uh, liposomal glutathione, which is our body's master detoxifier, with uh, like a liposomal vitamin C and arlopic acid. And glutathione is like a heavy molecule, and it gets into your cells. And then it'll attach to these metals and toxins and then weigh it down, pull it out of your bloodstream and put it into your digestive system. And then you use chlorelia and spirulina and uh, cilantro and silica to attach to it in your gut and then pull out of your system. So you kind of need like that two-step process. If you just have the ones that come from your, take it out of your bloodstream, put it in your gut. If you have leaky gut and you didn't repair your gut yet, you could reabsorb all that and get some redox symptoms. (laughs) So, right. You just, just doing it all over again. So I typically focus on healing the gut first for at least two, three months, uh, before doing a detox and then we'll do the detox. So they're not absorbing everything back again. Let, let's do a quick uh, overview as well with these this this thing that I've been contemplating on doing is getting a shower filter mm-hmm. um, because from what I read and my understanding of it is in like what twenty six seconds or something like that we've absorbed so many chemicals through the water because if you take a hot shower obviously you absorb water yeah. quicker and your your skin is like the largest organ on the body and it absorbs water very quickly like. So, so is it, is it really worth it to get a, a, like a fairly, you know, decent filter for your, your shower pre-filter? Yeah. I mean, they're not that expensive either. They're like 25 bucks or something. Uh, those ones work. Yeah, they do. Okay. It good. Just depends um, on like what you're experiencing right now. If you don't really have any issues or symptoms, like maybe not too important right now for you. Uh, yeah. but if someone was like, all these women with like uh, thyroid issues, uh, hormone right, issues. Right. These are all like endocrine, dis- endocrine disruptors. So in that case, I would have them do the shower filter and be really cautious about any of the products that they use as well. Right. Cause like shampoos have those same issues, yeah. uh, soaps, body washes. There's this app called think dirty and you can literally scan Uh-oh. your products and it'll tell you all the toxins <laughs> and chemicals that are in there. And then it'll tell you like maybe alternative one that is more clean. Oh, okay. Honestly, man, this is all very, very exhausting. Yeah. To be honest. Oh, dude. It's just so much. Yeah, it is. We are bombarded every day. Yep. Bombarded. Yeah. And I think that's like you just said, Jay, we're bombarded and we get overwhelmed. And I think the mentality of people is, is just, I don't know what to believe. There's so much information like, fuck Skip it. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't, they can't even handle it. You don't, you, know, you, you mentioned spirulina and all these other things like, okay, but then, you know, which one do you buy? Cause there's so many and some are good and some are, right. it's just, it's just, it's yeah, a lot. Well, here, here's the thing is this, you know, and I, this is just my personal view. I don't, I don't expect anybody else to agree with it, but this this government, this regime we're under is trying to fucking kill us any way they can. Food, air, water, you name it. Every day we're getting bombarded with something because outside of here, a lot of countries won't take our food. Yeah. They they have bans on the spraying that they do for weather modification, whatever you want to call it, in other countries. XYZ. So it's like, do you have a reason to live? Do you have kids that you need to be around for? Then if you do, then you got to fight that fight. But there's a lot of people that don't see any point. And they're like, well, I don't see anything happening right now. So screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and say screw it because it's just too much for me to try and fix. And, you know, yeah. it sucks. Yeah, but it being totally overwhelming for a lot of people. Yeah. 
I study this stuff and I still like, I can only imagine you know, go back and forth for many things. It's, it's easy. And it's lazy. Just like, just like a lunchable. Like you said, microwave dinners back in the day, it's easy, yep. we're, you know? And, and I mean, we're the majority of Americans are lazy. Right. And it's, it's a quick fix and you have serious issues like depression that I, I just feel yep. like everyone, everybody's depressed now. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's the quick bandaid is you take an antidepressant. Right. Which, which and the interesting with those is the SSRIs is which they were giving you for the depression for so long. Mm-hmm. It turned out out of like 50 studies they did, it only beat placebo three times. Right. Wow. Uh, and it turns out that it takes two months for it to start working. Right. And it's not, we know that it's not a serotonin deficiency because if you gave someone more serotonin, they would feel better. And that's not the case. It turns out serotonin is actually an anti-inflammatory. And that's why it takes two months for it to start working. And they'll prescribe it for things like fibromyalgia. Uh, It's actually reducing inflammation in their body. It's not like a depressive thing. It's just that it's reducing the inflammation. But there's much better ways to reduce inflammation in your body than just taking serotonin. Yeah. Yep. And, and then you get, you get hooked on it because what the drugs are doing is raising the levels of serotonin produced in your body. And now your body's telling itself, I don't need to make any more because we're getting it from this drug. Right. And now yeah. you're hooked, which is just fucking crazy. And then, then when that's not working, they prescribe you an antipsychotic and it's just a vicious circle. And it's like antidepressants, yeah. and antipsychotic. Then that's it's when you crazy. have that 30 pill yeah. packet sitting in front of you. I saw you know, there was an antidepressant. Crazy. There's an antidepressant, and one of the 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 patient's um, symptoms was uh, suicidal thoughts. Yeah, and yeah. the anti antidepressant wasn't working, so they gave him a, an antipsychotic. And the antipsychotic, one of the side effects was suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So yeah. it's just it, it's it's how, what like sense does that make? Six hundred percent in the first eight weeks, which is not exactly the best thing for a depressive person. Right. It's it's just dog chase tail. Yeah. That's really what let me get your money real quick before you maybe do kill yourself. I mean we show probiotics work better than SSRIs. Like you said, heal the gut. Yeah. So if I can heal someone's gut, lower their stress and improve their sleep, I can heal ninety percent of the things out there. And then the other side of the coin is the money side of it. And people say, you know, natural holistic care is too expensive, but are you guys, how's the insurance thing uh, working yeah, there? Actually, since 2012, since the Affordable Care Act, uh, they've made us physicians and a lot more uh, insurances are covering it. Okay. So, hey, thank you for calling it the Affordable Health Care Act and not Obamacare. Uh, that shit drives me crazy, dude. <laughs> oh my God. It drives me. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Never mind. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. That, they created a lot of new laws that um, helped us in certain ways. So typically I see for like chiropractic, they'll offer 12 to 24 visits. Uh, acupuncture, a lot of the times it's unlimited. Really? Because, wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, but it just depends what you're in network with. I accept any of the PPOs. I'm not in network with any of the HMO. Mm, okay. Uh, so it just depends what your insurance is and, you know, the deductible and all that. And insurance is always tricky and <laughs> they'll change it up on you every year. Of course. Of course. So, so healing the gut, um, is that directly cor- uh, correlated to Crohn's disease? Uh, in a way, I mean, Crohn's disease uh, is like inflammation in the gut. So, right. Yeah. A lot of that could be healed, um, using certain supplements and stuff too. Uh, and you'd have to have a, I would also do the autoimmune paleo diet for that too. Cause certain things like gluten and all that will definitely be like a major trigger. Okay. So they just tend to be a lot more sensitive. Right. Yeah. Uh, to things. So definitely an autoimmune paleo diet. Uh, CBD and THC also work amazingly for Crohn's. Party time. Right? Uh, <laughs> one of my best friends in, I think it was fifth grade, that he had Crohn's that they discovered. And so, yeah, he had a really tough time for a long time. Remember getting prednisone and his cheeks blew up like a chipmunk. Yeah, that steroid and, does it to you. Yeah. So, um, and then one of my older roommates has uh, diverticulitis. In, 
they didn't know what it was for a long time. He just knew he couldn't have gluten in any time he has anything, even with random cross contamination. He's just all day, um, just throwing up or in the bathroom. Right. So is, isn't that also with like seeds, right? Anything seeds like diverticulitis doesn't that have to do with eating? Like they can't eat seeds as well. Um, it, I'm sure it's different for each person. His is more okay. gluten and dairy. He couldn't have. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. But certain people will be reactive to certain things, but definitely in the autoimmune paleo diet, it's you avoid gluten, uh, dairy, seeds, okay. nuts, uh, eggs, things that are the most common reactive. Uh, sometimes if you have like aches and pains, nightshade vegetables, uh, they're high. Uh, we see people with arthritis. If they stop eating those, a lot of them, the pain will go away. Uh, legumes is another one. Sometimes they have, they have lectins in them, which can cause inflammation in the body and leaky gut. Lectins are basically something a plant produces to protect itself. So, uh, most plants have lectins, but some are just more harmful to humans. You've ever heard of, uh, ricin. It's like a really extreme Mm -hmm. poison. That's actually a lectin from a bean. So we have to cook the beans very thoroughly, uh, whether it's in a pressure cooker or whatnot to try to cook out all the lectins out of it. Yeah. Yeah, That's what Walter used in breaking bread. So that's another argument. You will hear people, other vegans, you you can't eat meat raw, so you shouldn't eat it. Like, well, you can't eat a bean raw either. You'd probably die. I might get sick (laughs) of bacteria from a meat, but the bean would probably kill you. (laughs) So, so, you know, they, they cook things too without really realizing. <laughs> so you don't necessarily subscribe to being solely going hundred percent vegan. No. Okay. I mean, and there's also, there's people. also different diets for different blood types as well. Yeah. Um, you'll notice that too, is people digest things differently or they have certain, they have more of certain enzymes that help them break things down. Uh, we see like in Japan, Australia, most like almost 90% of the country is lactose intolerant. Yeah. So they don't have those digestive enzymes to break down the lactose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have probably the lowest of lactose in the world because I think we consistently drink more milk than most people, um, which isn't great. But uh, nope. Can you inform these people about the acidic nature and the calcium being an acidic calcium, which like you know, kind of makes the bones more brittle? Yeah, is that true? Well, what we see in the whole like milk and whole uh, raw milk are very different. So when they pasteurize it, they kill all the nutrients in there. So anything beneficial in the milk is pretty much dead when you're drinking it. Uh, but if you drink raw milk, there's there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, same with you know orange juice or any of these other things. They pasteurize everything, kill the nutrients, and then what's left in there is the sugar or. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> The, you know the fats and they're not healthy anymore so but yeah but, no. but we're not telling them to just go run up on a cow real quick right. and, you know <laughs> well, it's like illegal to sell raw milk yeah right like <laughs> you can't sell raw milk you can't collect rainwater. oh man <laughs> you know these random weird laws stay in your house after 10 p.m yeah. or you will be arrested You're like what yeah, they're trying to make it to be legal off grid <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, there's people getting arrested for <laughs> yeah. that. How do you, before we get you out of here, how do you, because everything's inflammation, right? That's kind of the cause of everything. Yeah, when inflammation you, when you, is a big cause. Uh, when you get a, a patient, how do you figure out what, rather than categorizing, like, and I, you know, you said you do keto and paleo, but how would you figure out, or if, if I'm someone who comes in and I don't know exactly what's wrong with me, but I feel sluggish or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, tired all lack the time. of whatever, attention lack of attention whatever it yeah. is how do you figure out are, is there testing that you do to figure out what type of diet that specific person should be on yeah so there's certain like food tests that we can do and it'll tell us what you're most reactive to and those will change so if it might say here's the yellow column avoid these for three months here's the red column you're more reactive to those stay away for at least six to nine months and after avoiding something for a while and you reintroduce it, you might not have a reaction anymore. So that is one way. uh, The cheapest way to do it is just an elimination diet. Basically eliminate everything for 21 days, eat something super simple, 
and then start slowly reinducing stuff. And that will show you, um, you know, after lunch one day, you're feeling lethargic and bloated. Uh, whatever that was is not good for you. Uh, we can right. also do muscle testing and things too. Your body will react in a negative way and lose strength. So it's almost like you take a tuning fork and you hit it and you put it next to a tuning fork and it'll vibrate kind of at the same frequency. If you have mm-hmm. off frequencies, it kind of takes that energy away and your body will react to that uh, significantly and show you a weakness. You know, it's, it's, it's very true. And actually, I witnessed that today. I, I've, I've been on a pretty, as of late, a pretty stretch, a lot of vegetables and just doing smoothies and things like that. And I do that from time to time. And today I went into my office and there was a bunch of cookies there. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I had two cookies really early on, right? At like 11 a.m. or something. Then I went to the gym and I always go to the gym and I do a pretty uh, you know, I work out and I, you know, get a good, good lather going and sweating. I play basketball and stuff. And I felt really heavy today. Like my legs weren't responding as well. Like I just didn't literally from eating two cookies yeah. is all I ate because I hadn't had anything of that, you know, anything like that in probably three or four weeks. And that's a thing too. We, we could say a vegan diet, but doesn't necessarily have to be a healthy vegan diet, right? You can eat a bunch of cookies and that's vegan. Uh, but same with vegan. keto, you can have a bunch of bacon and butter and all that, but it's not exactly a, a healthy <laughs> keto. So it's, I don't like either too far in either way. That's why I like the pescatarian better than the vegan. Cause I feel like it, it fixes a lot of the deficiencies that the vegans have. Uh, one, the omega three to omega six ratio for vegans is usually really off. And that's a form of inflammation. will show in the body. Uh, B12, uh, certain minerals like iron. Uh, a lot of these are just hard to get on certain vegan diets, so it's good to supplement. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I also see a lot of vegans doing recently is bone broth. Yeah. Uh, because there's no collagen source for vegans either. So if you want to like really heal your gut and everything, collagen is amazing. Uh, and bone broth really good to heal your gut just as we see or you have uh, or you know chicken noodle soup or some of these things that long time been healing mm-hmm. for us there's a lot of truth to these so the broth itself is good for the yeah gut. the bone broth mm-hmm. will have the collagen in there that really helps heal your gut okay it's good to know for sure i use that all, I use aloe vera <clears throat> is another one it heals your oh yeah lighting, like it heals your skin and then you'll yep. see that mix with glutamine a lot too. So I use like an aloe glutamine mix because uh, sometimes the aloe is a little hard for people to eat. It either the consistency, the roll, it's jellyish, yeah, and better. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people don't like the taste. So I'll I'll use some of these powders that is a mix of like aloe vera and glutamine. Glutamine is also amazing to heal the gut. See, like aloe vera has never really had much of a taste to me. Like it kind of just. It was like this off sour taste at the end. You yeah. Know? It's like, we, I don't, it's hard to explain, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome information, man. Um, are you on Instagram or anything like that? I am. Uh, my Instagram uh, is holistic. Dr. Bright. Uh, it's holistic. D R B R I G H T. Is my main account. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking for you right now, Dr. I think I found you. You have a tree? A tree? A, a tree is your... Uh, no. <laughs> no? It's okay. a picture of myself. It's the only picture of myself okay. on the on my whole thing. Okay, there we go. I think I found you. Brandon Knight. Or Brandon Bright, yeah. right? Gotcha. Following you now. Awesome. And your website? Yeah. The website is also holisticdrbright.com. Mm-hmm. And that's just D-E-R. Perfect. I'm going to have all this in the show notes as well. So it's awesome. really, really good information. And I thank you for coming on because this is, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. So much. In- it's a lot of yeah. information. It's overwhelming and it's, it's almost exhausting, but. It's, well, and I, it's, I love listening to the podcast too. And I, I learn a lot from listening to all these other doctors that are interviewed and their specialties. And mm-hmm. I mean, I used to download 
torrents of lectures and things when I was going to school <laughs> and driving all the time. And now we have podcasts to make it easy. So it's nice. Yeah. No, it's, right. it's a good way to get information out there. And not only, I mean, you know, I do this for me personally, um, but you know, all of the listeners, I know these are things we like to share with them and kind of get them in, in information in a way they can understand it without having to read, uh, right. you know, five, di- five different articles. Long say, dissertations things. and things. Yeah. <laughs> so truly appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you very right. much. You think that was cool? All right, that's a wrap for today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to leave a review and rate us five stars. We appreciate that. If you have anything for me, email me directly, ray at wordsovericeshow.com. And of course, continue the support and donations, patreon.com slash the wordsovericeshow. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it.